On today's Cigar Dave Show podcast, we conclude our conversations with Mike Condor and John Huber, the founders of Crown Head Cigars. The Cigar Dave Show is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the new San Miguel, a medium to full-bodied Nicaraguan puro that delights the senses with notes of white pepper, gentle earthiness, and a sweet honey-like finish. San Miguel by Gurkha. Visit GurkhaCigars.com and by Davidoff of Geneva, makers of Camacho and the Camacho Connecticut. Tame, but tuned up to deliver more flavor and more satisfaction. Morning, noon, or night, it's always the perfect time for Camacho, Connecticut. Camacho, strength and character, it's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. This is the Cigar Dave Podcast with The General. Friday is upon us, end of the week. We hope that you have been enjoying our special series with the two principals and founders of Crown Head Cigars as we have been talking with them all week on the Cigar Dave Show podcast. John Huber, Mike Condor, but as always, the general saying to you, extending to you a long-ash greeting and salutation, a long-ash Snappy salute, Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha, make masculinity great again, screw the enemies of pleasure, save America. And I welcome once again to our microphones from their Nashville International Headquarters, John Huber, Mike Condor. Gentlemen, Friday is upon us. Are you ready for the weekend? Dave, the week flew by. It, you know, it flies by like that. It is incredible how quickly it is when you are having conversations with good friends and having a lot of laughs and enjoying great cigars along the way. It's amazing. Though, start, starting our day off talking to you for three days in a row, Dave, is uh, starting to get a little bit, uh, I don't know if I can take too many more days of this. Well, and I do apologize, Mike, because I know I've disrupted your normal morning tea time. Yes. For the yeah, last three true. days. So I do apologize for that. I know that you like to get out on the links nice and early and then uh, get over to the bank and uh, bring the big haul of cash and stuff it into the uh, to the vault. I know I've disrupted that daily routine for you. But, hey, what was the name? We went to a restaurant for lunch one day when I was up in Nashville a while back. What was the name of that place that we went to? That was a great place you took me to. Well, the Palm, was it? It was no, it was? no, it was like a Mexican. I think it was like a Tex-Mex kind of thing. Oh, man, it was whatever it was. Never. Yeah, it was it was really good. I remember I remember we went from your world headquarters and uh, just phenomenal. And I'll tell you, Nashville's just a great city. I know, John, you were complaining to me that when the TV show Nashville, which was on ABC, went on the air, that all of a yeah. sudden Nashville started to boom and you were a little upset about it. It was the beginning of the end of Nashville as we knew it. <laughs> tell me why. I'm that guy that's going to be like, get off my lawn. <laughs> right. Uh, no, it's just, you know, I, having been here since the mid-90s, right, I, you know, Nashville had a different vibe five, ten years ago. And it was like this little sleepy kind of underground town that had this cool kind of thing going in Nashville. And then fast forward to today, and it's like there's a crane on every block building a high-rise and just, what what's the, the word they use for it? Gentrification or whatever, and... You know, now it's just it's like a little Vegas and it's it's not the same. I'm not saying it's worse or better or whatever, but I just miss that old Nashville because I'm an old, old fart, I guess, about it. But, you know, it's the same thing happens like whenever it's cities have become like fast food, like people move to that city, consume it, 
digest it, spit it out, it's ruined, they move on to the next one. You know? The other thing that's going on is uh, people are moving in, uh, you know, quite a few people are moving in. I don't know what the, the actual number is, but it seems like the, the traffic has doubled, yes. the population has doubled, but the roads are exactly the same. So, you know, all, all the people that come there from uh, the West Coast, the left coast that say, hey, we, we can't stand the L.A. traffic anymore. And there are a lot of them that seem to be, you know, L.A. transplants to Nashville all of a sudden are creating the exact same thing they're leaving. So from that standpoint, well, it does get a little uh, get a little annoying. Well, and you're seeing that now in Charlotte. Atlanta just continues to grow here in Tampa, in Florida. We're seeing. You know, all the uh, Yankees, and I'm a Yankee as well, but they've been moving down. As long as they do not bring their blue state politics with them, I'm fine. But, you know, I moved down to Tampa 32 years ago at the end of December of 1988. And it's transformed just like Nashville has. And to a degree, you're like, yeah, this is great. You know, now we're getting a baseball team. We've got a hockey team and better shopping. But then it hits a point where it's just gone crazy and it hits, I think, a curve where you're saying, okay, now it's not as pleasant and it's getting to be too much of a major metropolis like a New York or Washington where it's the traffic, it's the congestion, and it does lose that quaintness. And if you look at Nashville and Charlotte, Atlanta, Tampa, you know, Orlando, Jacksonville, all these southern cities now are losing their quaintness. They're really becoming just you know, super big cities and uh, I kind of agree with you, John. I kind of like it when it maybe just go back about seven, eight years ago when before the growth really super exploded. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Dave, I don't want to veer off the topic, but something I've been meaning to ask you about. Uh, yes. Mentioned reds and blue states and politics. Um, you lost a an inspiration and a mentor, I would say, to your radio career uh, in the last few weeks, unfortunately. Yes, my friends, we lost El Rushbo. I have in my hands my formerly nicotine-stained hands. I have a copy of President Donald J. Trump's speech across the fruited plains, coast to coast. The views expressed on this station are not necessarily those of the staff management or ownership or sponsors, but they should be. Now, Rush uh, certainly was a... Uh, really was a trendsetter. And I stated this on Twitter when he passed away. He was a trendsetter. He's irreplaceable. You cannot replace him. I frankly don't know what iHeart and Premier Radio Networks are going to do because he is irreplaceable. Uh, here's a quick story for you gentlemen. When I first moved to Tampa, I owned a uh, AM station in Zephyr Hills, Florida, where the water comes from, WPAS. And I took the station from what was called a full-service station that had news and music, and I turned it more into a talk station. And I was one of the first 50 stations across the country to carry the Rush Limbaugh program. Interesting story how that came about. I went to Syracuse University, and along the way, I got to know a gentleman by the name of Lee Vandenhandel, who is the general sales manager of 620 WHEN in Syracuse. And when I graduated from Syracuse and left, and then I ended up buying this station in late 1988, early 1989, he reads in one of the broadcasting trade magazines that I buy it, somehow tracks down my number, and he calls me. And he says, hey, congratulations. We get to talking. And uh, I said, Lee, what have you been up to? You still in Syracuse? He said, no, actually... I am the affiliate manager for a new show called the Rush Limbaugh Program. And I said, who? 
Never heard of the guy. He's like, yeah, starred in California. And uh, Ed McLaughlin, the former president of ABC Radio, spotted him or heard of him, listened to him, and uh, we're going to syndicate him and syndicate Dr. Dina Dell, who was also out of San Francisco at the time, and Rush was out of Sacramento. I said, you know what? Send me your affiliate kit and send me the tape. Let me listen. That was on a cassette tape. And I remember listening in my car, putting in the cassette tape. And the guy was interesting, totally different than anything you'd heard on radio. And I said, you know what? Lee, I think we'll take him. And I also want Dr. Dean Adele because I know I, I could sell it. There was a hospital in the area that would, you know, absolutely want to sponsor that exclusively. Started carrying him. And I had complaints from people saying, who is this guy? Why are you running him? Put your other music back on. But after about three months, things started to change, saying, oh, hey, I love this guy. And I knew it changed when I was in the post office waiting in line. And a number of people knew that I owned the stations. And they said, hey, Dave, love that guy, Rush. I listen to him all the time. And that was kind of the beginning before he really became popular. And, of course, the rest is history. And, you know, that was, uh, what, 32 years ago, something along those lines. But, yeah, Rush really, it's sad that... Um, that it's, and it's hard to believe that he's still not around because you're so used to going to the dial at noon to 3 Eastern time and listening to Rush. So it really is uh, kind of strange. But Rush certainly was a fellow cigar connoisseur. I played in several Monte Cristo Cup tournaments with him uh, and uh, got to know him. You know, I wouldn't say his buddies, but uh, had numerous conversations. We probably played in four Monte Cristo Cups together. Uh, and uh, certainly loved his cigars. There's no doubt about that, and uh, really changed the broadcasting industry. So, uh, yes, Rush, definitely a big loss to the broadcasting industry and to those of us that think along the right side. And I know both of you are along the same, same, same lines. Maybe you'll get a phone call from somebody asking if you could step up a little bit. And you know my answer would be? No, and I'll tell you why. Everybody would compare you to Rush, you cannot replace Rush. Everybody would say, you're not Rush. I think you have to wait until the next guy fails. And then if they call, then I'd, of course, consider it. But it's kind of like replacing a legendary co- Like whoever replaces down the road Nick Saban at Alabama, good luck. Everybody's going to pair him. They're going to say, you're not Nick Saban. You didn't win. I mean, the guy loses one. If, if he loses more than three games, they're going to call for his head. So I think sometimes you're better off to be maybe the second guy, not the immediate replacement. But we, yeah. we shall see. And what the heck? You're already a mogul, so you don't need it. Oh, yes. Yes, exactly. That is correct. Yes, exactly. And, and listen, a mogul talking to two fellow moguls, entrepreneurs in the world of cigars, and that is a perfect I got to tell you, uh, Mike, you know the world of broadcasting. That's what we call a perfect segue. It's very technical, Mike. Don't try that at home. Just try that on the air, okay? But that is perfect. You set me up perfectly to talk about crowned heads. And I want to talk, we talked about both of your backgrounds. We talked about how you formed crowned heads. We talked about your initial brands, and we'll get into some more of the brands. But I want to ask you, you're about to celebrate your 10th anniversary later this year. Is Crown Heads where you thought it would be after a decade? Did you think you'd be around a decade? John, go ahead. I'll let you start. Mm, Good question. Um, Of course I thought we'd be around for a decade. Um, Do I think we are at where I thought we would be. It's, I, I didn't know where we would be in 10 years. I'm not the guy with the, the five-year plan or the 10-year plan. I'm just living in the moment, trying to do the best I can today. So I'm just grateful for where we're at right now. The fact that we're still, you know, doing this, still, you know, we, we've got our staffs a little bit bigger now and we're, we're able to support them and their families. And, 
you know, you count your blessings kind of a thing, especially in this day and age. So I, I really couldn't say, you know, did I think we I would be on a freaking yacht by now? I, I don't know. Who knows? Who That could happen next next year. It could happen in 10 years. It may never happen. But today, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be gainfully employed and uh, being able to do what I love to do for a living. One thing is for sure, it's uh, life is a winding road. As I tell my daughter, as she gets older all the time, you can't get too... You can't get too hung up on, you know, I thought I would be where. And it's it has certainly been an interesting 10 years. Dave, you know that I think the statistics in America that uh, new small businesses fail at a rate of it's, it's astronomical. It's very high. And most of them don't make it to the three year mark, certainly not the five year mark. So by definition, we have succeeded. There's no question. As John said, we're, we're still plugging away. But, you know, you you think there's a path that you're going to go down and then, you know, life throws you curveballs. I mean, as a great, for instance, is the FDA. I mean, we were we worked uh, on a very distinct kind of pattern of how we were doing things. And when 2016 came along and and the FDA, you know, made some what we all think and have been litigating some somewhat arbitrary decisions on how cigars were treated in the marketplace. Uh, you know, that causes to change. And so, you know, you, you, you have to deal with those kind of issues. You have to deal with issues of creating a brand and then you can't get the raw materials that um, you, you need to make it over over a period of time. And you have to adjust and do something different. So I think we've been pretty adept. At, and then, of course, obviously, you know, the last year of a pandemic, I, I think we've been pretty good at, you know, taking what's been thrown at us and adjusting and, you know, kind of slightly uh, changing the approach and going at it again and just keep your head down and keep and keep trying to create keep working to trying to connect with consumers and write great cigars with our partners so i think it's been a success there's no question about that but I, I, i'm like john i'm not sure you can even answer the question where do we think we would be in 10 years other than hopefully we're still doing it what can we expect what are you because i know you're always working on something so what are you working on if and i assume we're going to have a cigar retailers convention these cigar Premium Cigar Association convention in Vegas this July, although who knows that remains to be seen. But nonetheless, I'm sure you're working on on something new. So anything you want to maybe give some hints about that you are working on? I mean, we're always working on something new, Dave. I mean, even last year when we were in the midst of the pandemic, people were kind of taken aback by how many pieces we had. Um, that's just kind of become part and parcel of our business model by organic development um so you know we never have taken our foot off the gas whether it's a pandemic fda what have you and so this year is no different um we've already released juarez shots we've already released uh a limited edition for mil diaz the mareva we've already released uh i'm at right now what do we just do uh let Bellicoso finos uh we've got another we've got a taa exclusive we're going to be announcing tomorrow that we're doing for the taa convention whether it happens or not, but we are doing the release. Uh, we're doing a new Las Calaveras. Um, I'm doing a, another core line coming out of tobacco summer. So we've got, we've probably, conservatively speaking, we've got a, a dozen new releases in addition to regular production brands coming out here. So you've got a lot going on. I mean, it's you're not sitting still. You've got a lot of new product. And last year you did something very unique along with, I believe it was Rocky Patel, I can't remember who the other manufacturers. I think there were four of you. It was, uh, it was us, Rocky, uh, Alan Rubin, and uh, Oliva. You're talking about the Traveling Roadshow. Yeah, the Traveling Roadshow, which I heard yeah. was a smashing success. 
Yeah, it went very well. We took basically in, in place of the PCA, which uh, obviously they couldn't do in the middle of the pandemic. Vegas was closed down. We took, uh, you know, we took the, the show to the people, so to speak. And over the course of two weeks, I believe we did about 20 different cities uh, where we set up, you know, what you might think of as a mini trade show. It, in some locations, we did it in the burn. Sometimes we used a hotel ballroom, sometimes a giant restaurant or an outdoor space where we could uh, do it safely under the guidelines, masks, et cetera. And um, we, we fanned out um, over the country with sales guys and um, covered all those spots, you know, with a kind of a one day trade show where we invited retailers to come and, and see what we were doing. And uh, yeah, it worked very well, very well. And of course, the plan now is to attend the PCA if that happens. And, you know, the question is, if you have to attend with masks, how is that going to work? I mean, you've got to smoke the cigar. That's part of being at the convention, to be able to try various cigars. So there's still a lot of question marks that remain. And we're still, you know, it's not that far away. When you think about it, we're about three months, and that goes pretty quickly. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough scenario. I, my, my belief is, you know, I'm on one of those boards, so I get I all this involved in a lot of these discussions. My belief is that uh, it will ha- <clears throat> it will happen, but it certainly is going to come down to the wire. There are some there are federal guidelines and regulations. There are state guidelines uh, in Nevada and even local ones in Las Vegas uh, that will mandate you know how many people can be in a space and uh, you know what are the smoking policies. I think you know the casinos now are open at you know at a reduced capacity, but they they are open. I think the trade show floor. Uh, likely will be big enough that we can practice some sort of social distancing and pull that off. And the mask thing is a, is a tough one. There's no question. Uh, at this point, the hope is that the, the trade show floor will become, quote, you know, smoking, and we'll be able to do that with uh, without mask. Uh, but, you know, listen, a lot of it's dependent on, on where the vaccine is. Right. I mean, I, I do think it's going to ramp. I mean, everything I read, it's ramping up in terms of the number of shots available. And um, so, you know, hopefully... Listen, if you get your first shot you know, sometime in mid-May and your second shot in mid-June or even late May and late June, you know, you should be in pretty good shape to feel comfortable traveling to the trade show. So I think we all have our fingers crossed that we're going we're gonna to pull it off and the show will happen, even if it is somewhat altered by the reality of what we're dealing with. We shall see. Time will tell. But I think you're right. By the time the convention rolls around, I think the vaccine supply will be uh, very will be ample for pretty much everyone that desires uh, to take the vaccine. And most everybody I know that is above 65 have taken it. They have had no adverse effects. And so far, so good. So we'll certainly keep our fingers crossed. All right, when we come back, we will conduct the International Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. Special cigar that I will enjoy today, part of the February 2021 Officers Club selection from the Crown Heads Portfolio Sampler. The Mill Diaz. So we will continue our conversation with Mike Condor, John Huber of Crowned Heads, around the corner. Gurkha is known for producing the world's finest cigars. When you look at their blends, you look at their packaging, you look at the bands, everything about Gurkha screams quality. Gurkha has just released a new cigar that is totally about absolute taste and quality, the San Miguel by Gurkha. It's a Nicaraguan Puro. Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, and filler. 
perfect medium to full-bodied balance loaded with complexity, layers of flavor, including white pepper, a nice natural earth tone finished with a sweet honey-like taste. San Miguel by Gurkha. Features 100% Aganorsa leaf, Nicaraguan shade grown Corojo wrapper, double Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler. If you're looking for a medium to full-bodied beauty, go no further than the new San Miguel by Gurkha. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. I have just pulled out of my hot little hand a beautiful stick. The Mil Dias from Crowned Heads. And rather than me talking, telling you the story about the Mil Dias, may as well let John Huber, Mike Condor of Crown Heads, talk about this very beautiful medium-bodied beauty. So, John or Mike, I'll let you take it over. Tell me about this cigar. Well, Mil Diaz is a, a follow-up to a cigar called Juarez, and basically they're both out of Tabacalera Pichardo and Esteli Nicaragua. The story behind Mil Diaz is when we first met Luciano Morales and Eradio Pichardo was at the trade show in 2017, and um, our national salesman, Miguel Chaudel, approached me and said, hey, there's some guys that want to meet you. They're old friends of mine and they've got some samples I'd like to give you. And you know, that that kind of happens frequently at a trade show and it's part of the whole networking process. I said, okay, fine. So we did a little meet and greet and I took the samples and didn't really think much of it. I thought they looked nice. Um, the next day, the first cigar I lit up was one of these samples. I was like, whoa, this is, you know, this has got some potential. This is, what, hey, wait a second, bring these guys back. I want to talk to them kind of a thing. And so that's that was the start of our relationship, and that those initial samples are what we kind of tweaked along the line, um, off and on over the last three years, with uh, Tobacco Lara Pichardo, and that ultimately, in a, you know, Reader's Digest condensed version store, that became Mil Diaz. Um, we finalized the blend in January of 2020. Uh, Luciano sent me the sample, the, the next rendition of them, and he's like, I think we got something here. I smoked it, and I was just like. I always look for that, what I call aha moment, where you go, whoa, boom, it just clicks. And when I smoke this sample, it clicked. I'm like, this is special. This is unique. This is something unlike anything we've done to this point. Won't clip, you know, conflict with anything in our portfolio. So from that point, we started, you know, production and we started coming up with the idea behind the, 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 the branding and so on and so forth. So I thought, you know, this roughly took three years off and on, um, thousand days, mill day. That's really the story behind it, but it's it's a, a blend that I'm so, you know, geeked over, so to speak. Um, it, it's what I smoke on a daily basis, to be very honest with you. And we've done a lot of great cigars over the years, fortunately. And um, the cigar, for some reason, is special to me. It really stands out. Well, the wrapper is Ecuadorian Habano. The binder is Nicaraguan, and the filler, an interesting three-country blend: Nicaragua, Peru. And Costa Rica. Costa yes. Rica, not easy tobacco to get. No, no, none of those. And, and that's the first time we use Peruvian or Costa Rican tobacco in any of the stuff that we've done at Crown Heads, for sure. Um, and uh, it, it just made for a really great blend. I mean, they all marry together. And, you know, we, we've already 
we I think we started shipping that in September of 2020, and it it, it hit immediately. I mean, it was a lot of best of lists, consensus, top this, you know, all, all across the board. And um, to give you an idea, we did an LE called Mareba, which is a five and an eighth by 42. We did a thousand thirty count cabs, sold out in like a day and a half. And which is un unusual. Usually you have a brand around for a year or two before you start doing extensions. We did an extension right out of the gate because I really believe that it, it needed to be done. And, um, you know, the brand continues to be on back order and be successful. And we're, we're having no issues getting the, the product in. It's just that demand for it is keeping up with the production, which is great. So we're very excited about that brand for well, building it is upon it and expanding it. Beautiful yeah, looking that, cigar. That Dave yeah, is the Michael. ultimate validation. You know, we obviously we like the cigar, love it. Uh, and as John says, you know, I've been smoking a lot of them myself on a daily basis. And um, you know, it's one thing to, to like your own product, but when you when you see the reaction from the consumer right out of the gate, and remember this was a cigar that we launched without the benefit, as you say, of a trade show that we were talking about. So there wasn't this massive kind of uh, build distribution, you know, uh, over a three week period because we sold at the trade show. This was something that, you know, we had to kind of go out in the middle of a pandemic and, and figure out how to sell it when our guys were not really on the road. And uh, so the, the reaction from the consumer has really been the ultimate validation on this one. It is a beautiful looking cigar, silky smooth. I love the medium reddish brown wrapper on it. Just a nice double cap on the top. So I have pulled out the Sublime. It comes in four sizes, a Corona Gorda 6x46, the Edmundo 5-3-8x52, a double Robusto 6-3-8x50, and the Sublime 6-inch by 54 stick. And that's exactly what I will enjoy today. It is a beautiful-looking Toro. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready for cutting maneuvers. Ma ma Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, from the Cigar Dave R&D Labs, you can hear I've got the Cigar Dave CCK, the Chinese Communist Killer. You line up all the Chinese commies that sent over the... Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus, and we know they released it. Whether it was accidental or on purpose, it was a man-made gain-of-function virus. They manipulated the virus in the Wuhan lab. I'd like to get all those lab attendants. I'd like to get all the commies, President Xi Jinping, and just fire, vaporize those bastards in about five seconds, and this thing will light your cigar very quick. Listen to that torch on that thing. Absolutely magnificent, huge single jet flame, massive tank. The Cigar Dave CCK is what I will use today. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Here comes the cut. Perfect. And I'll tell you, looking at this band, it's a very simple band. It's just got the... What I perceive in red, the letter M. That's it. In red on a white band with a gold, uh, encircled with a, uh, just some gold around it. And it's very elegant. Let me toast the foot of this cigar. Oh, yeah. Listen to that flame just fly out. Again, you can vaporize the commies in two seconds on this thing. And remember, the Chinese communists, they're not our friend. Chinese people, no problem with. Chinese communists, we got a big problem with. 
Let me toast the foot of this beautiful Mil Diaz Sublime. I like the, the name of that of this Toro, Sublime. All right, let me puff and rotate. Take my time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Outstanding. Take a few puffs. Blow on the foot of the cigar. Perfect even amber glow. All right, right off the bat, mm, as I take a several puffs here, mm, I'm getting almost a chocolatey espresso type of taste. But a nice medium-bodied note. It's not overpowering. It's not harsh. Mm. Gentlemen, I say that you have created a magnificent cigar, and I'm thrilled that this was part of the Crown Heads portfolio sampler in our February Officers Club selection, in addition to Jericho Hill and La Coalition. And this is a little bit different for you, because this, to me, is really just a very, very tame, true, mild, plus to medium-bodied cigar. Yeah, but as you continue to smoke it, Dave, you'll see it kind of evolves. You get a little bit more pepper coming to the forefront. Okay. Um, it's really, it's not one of those monodimensional cigars you get one thing throughout the whole ride. It really and I'm not going to be that guy that says every third of the cigar is different, right. but there's some, once it opens up, you're going to get some, some a little more pepper notes in there as well. Yeah, definitely creaminess I'm getting as right. well. All right. Now, I need something to accompany this Mil Diaz Sublime. Sublime. I need something that... bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Need something that has some Tennessee roots since Crowned Heads, based in Nashville, Tennessee. And I can think of nothing better than Jack Daniels Single Barrel Select... From Lynchburg, Tennessee, and the barrel that I personally selected. And as I have it in my hand, this is the Certified Alpha Male Selection by Cigar Dave the General. We did this about four or five years ago. It is Rick number R31, and it was bottled on September 3rd, 2015. Beautiful. And I selected it from the middle portion towards the upper part of the rickhouse. Why? Because of the various nuances. It was smooth, had wonderful notes, not overly oaky. Let me pour a little bit of this here. And this will go beautifully with this Mill DS. I am telling you right now, it will go magnificently. Let me, oh, wow. Notes of citrus, ginger, mm. almost a little honey on the nose. Let me say cheers. Mm. You didn't want to go with the old English 40 ounce? <laughs> no. All right. No. This, oh, let me tell you, beautiful warmth on the palate. On the Cigar Dave Warmth Factor, the CDWF, this is a definite 9.5, and it pairs beautifully with this Mil Diaz. Not overpowering. It's very complimentary. Very nice. So, gentlemen, in your honor, I think Jack Daniels is the only appropriate spirit and when i remember our time together over that long weekend back at cao when we did our big large uh, live broadcast i remember we consumed many bottles of jack daniels at the cao headquarters i think all three of us were drinking at that point yes now there's just two of us drinking yes who gave up i'm a quitter 
You quit? I had to, man. I got too good at it. Every oh, you got I... too good at it. Okay, well, there you go. All right. Well, actually, Mike, you... you, know you... I, actually, I quit what you're drinking right now. I quit all the spirits. Um, oh, my gosh. 11 years ago, just about, ironically. Gotcha. And, all right. Uh, gave, up, gave up the wine and beer uh, April of 19. So, yeah. Well, don't worry. Mike and I will make up for you. Fear not. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I'm a, I'm a daily user, so all good on my end. <laughs> hey, uh, Mike, are you going to? You, you absolutely must bring some gentleman Jack, I think, to the booth. You need to sneak that in there. We need to have a little toast when you launch some of your new cigars. That would be good. That would be good. Although I have to tell you, I, you know, um, obviously we're a national company, but you know, my roots are Kentucky, so it's a, it's a bit of an internal struggle. That's true. To drink Tennessee whiskey or Kentucky bourbon. Well, look, if you want to bring some old Forster, that's fine, too. I have no problem oh, with that. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good one now these days. I've been Mike. drinking the old Forster 1910 on a regular yep. basis. Oh, let me tell you, they, when they repackaged everything and some of the new products they've developed are just phenomenal. My favorite, of course, is the old Forster birthday bourbon. That, oh, yeah, well, by you, far. You're, pick, you're picking one you can't get, and if you can't find it, it's $800 a bottle. Well, Mike, I can get it. No, I don't, I don't have to buy it. I can get it. It's not a problem. I get oh. a bottle every year because I am such a good promoter of Old Forster and have done many, many shows with many of their ambassadors. And I have ins. You got to have connections, Mike. Stick with me, Mike. Don't worry. In fact, so do, do I now have a connection because of you? Because the, the uh, birthday apartment would look great on my bar. I'm sure it would. I'm sure. It would. Hold on one second. I'm going to go over to the bar here at uh, Command Center Alpha. Wait, I got a special bottle that I want to share with you. Hold on one second. Now, this is a very special bottle, and I have approximately 60% of the bottle left. This is the Old Forester Birthday Bourbon from 2007. 2007. It was uh, distilled in 1994, bottled in 2007, when President Donald J. Trump, or when candidate Donald J. Trump, was elected president at... 7.30 7.30 a.m. I, I couldn't sleep that night. I was so excited. Came into my office, and a good friend of mine and I opened up this Old Forster Birthday Bourbon 2007, which I'm going to do right now and just take a little sip. I mean, it's open. It's right here. I may as well just take a little sip. And yeah, you, we cheered you to gotta, President you Donald You've got to that out in Trump. very, very small sip. Very small. Very small. I've got maybe... A teaspoon in my in my glass right now, but we we celebrated and toasted President-elect Donald J. Trump, and I anticipate we'll be doing that in November of 2024 as well. So I'm going to save this, so I will have that to celebrate as well. And as I hang on one second, because I can't. Oh, I'm getting apricot on here. I'm getting. Oh my God, some maple. All right, let me say cheers. Hang on. Take another sip of this. Mike, this is so delectable and so delicious. On your next visit to the Cigar City, I will pour you a glass. How's that? I was going to say, if I come down to play golf at your palatial country club, could I be in line for a teaspoon of that? Absolutely. I'll give you you a tablespoon. No problem. Perfect. No problem. 
You bring the cigars. I'll have the Old Forster Birthday Bourbon 2007. And I've got uh, all the other ones uh, since then as well. And what's really cool is the bottle looks like the still. Looks like the copper still. It's very, very unique. And I, I know you've seen that bottle many times, Mike. I have seen it, but uh, I don't have one in my personal collection. Well, I'll share some of mine with you, fear not. So I've got my Mill DS. Let me take a few puffs here. Mm. Spectacular. And I think the suggested retail of this is what, about eight and a half, nine dollars $9, Mike? I think the range is, uh, you know, kind of a 9 to uh, $11 on, on the, the full range. All right, outstanding. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take another sip of my old Forster birthday bourbon. A few more puffs, and when we come back, we will continue and finalize our conversation with John Huber, Mike Condor of Crown Head Cigars. We'll get into some of the rest of their portfolio as we get set for the weekend with a perfect Mil Diaz medium-bodied cigar and some Jack Daniels single barrel select. And now my old Forster birthday bourbon 2007 is our good buddy Lee Corso, who Mike will talk about right around the corner, would say, life is good. Camacho cigars are known for their strength and character. It's in their DNA. They're unconventional. Now, you know when you talk about a mild-bodied cigar with a Connecticut wrapper, it's the same story. Light, golden, mild, yawn. Camacho decided they were going to strip it down and tune it up with more flavor, more satisfaction, enough to earn a seat at the Camacho table. While still maintaining a nice medium-bodied character, the Camacho Connecticut starts with a Connecticut wrapper from Honduras, a binder from Honduras Authentic Arojo, and Honduran Dominican Republic filler. What do you get? A nice medium-bodied cigar that is tuned up, that delivers cream, woody nuttiness to round out spice and sweetness. Camacho, Connecticut. Good any time of day or night, morning, noon, or night. You can never go wrong. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Final and concluding segment of our week-long conversation with Crownheads founders, Mike Condor, John Huber. Gentlemen, we left off talking about uh, Lee Corso. I mentioned that Lee Corso's favorite expression is life is good. Mike, you actually knew Lee, and you played football with his son way back in Kentucky. grade school, if you can imagine that, when Lee Corso was the coach of the fabulous, great Louisville Cardinals, uh, your nemesis uh, in the Big East for many That's years right. today, but seriously, yes. Uh, he was the head football coach there, and his son was uh, at a grade school, a Catholic parochial grade school. We played football together. So, uh, you know, a big treat would be the end of our seventh grade football practice. And uh, Coach Lee Corso would come pick his son up and practice and, you know, talk to the team. So, uh, yeah, he was a great guy back then. It's still fantastic. I love watching him. I know he's had some health issues, but, man, he has persevered. He's fantastic on college game day. I still love him. Uh, he's such a big part of that show. Was well, Jim Thorpe be... playing at, at, like, at that? Yeah. yeah, that was the right area. You're in the right, okay. you're in the right ballpark. Other helmets. I'm getting the picture. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No face mask. That's why we all look like we do. Yeah. New Rockney and all that kind of stuff. Bingo. Canute, yes. <laughs> and actually, Lee, uh, one of the things that I do, I send Lee a box of the Officers Club selection every month. And if he doesn't get it, he gives me a call, so I know he got it because I haven't received the call, and he will be enjoying 
the Jericho Hill, La Coalition, and Mil Diaz, which is featured in the February Officers Club selection. But before we talk about those, I want to talk about the J.D. Howard Reserve. That's another biggie for you. That was their third brand, I believe, that or blend that you launched. And once again, there is an interesting Tennessee twist, and there's a kind of a ballad or a song involved as well. Take it away, John. No ballad, no song, Tennessee. Um, that was our third release with Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Uh, and we had finalized the blend, which is a Brazilian Adipidaca, a bait wrapper blend off of that. And we were looking for some, some brand direction. Um, and I remember at the time I was living in East Nashville with my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. And she said, did that you would know be the that, lovely that Laura? Jesse- that Jesse James used to live in East Nashville. And I said, no, I did not know this. And so I went down that rabbit hole and found out that he lived under the alias of J.D. Howard in Nashville from 1875 to 1881 on, I think it was Fatherland Street. And it's still a historic uh, preservation house or whatever. It was 7-Eleven Fatherland. The 7-Eleven, actually, that number appears on the box and so it was just kind of a throwback to that kind of outlaw Jesse James vibe. And that was the story, the backstory behind the brand. So we, we designed the box and, the, and everything to look like something of that era, the, the typeset, the font, all that alludes to the hundreds. Um, and it's just a little homage to, uh, to an era gone by, I guess. All right, I want to talk about a cigar that's very near and dear to your heart, John, that would be the Tennessee Waltz. It's yes. one of my favorite cigars that you make, and you gave several to me. I remember early on, I was at your office, and I said, what are these? And it had a cool orange band at the bottom, and he said, that's the Tennessee Waltz. And he said, mm-hmm. it's only available to retailers at the time in Tennessee. Tell, that's a great story. you got to share that. Yeah, so um, it's like 2014, and uh, we had just started working with the good people at my father's cigars, and um, went down there in January to work on a blend that would become La Calaveras. In the interim, I said, hey, I'd like to do something else, like like a broadleaf. You know, they were doing great things with broadleaf. So um, we wanted to do something to kind of give back to the local retail community in Nashville and around that supported us from day one. And so the idea became this, this uh, Tennessee exclusive. Now, the story behind Tennessee Waltz is that my grandfather, who raised me, um, when he was in the war, World War II, he was at a dance and he met my grandmother, um, who also raised me. And the first song that they danced to was Tennessee Waltz. And as a kid growing up, he would always whistle that song and always kind of sing that song. And um, it just meant a lot to me. So my way of not only creating a, a Tennessee exclusive, but you know, tip my hat to my father, who was my mentors. Great cigar, no doubt. Tell you what, in we got about one minute to go. So, if you could tell me that real quickly, we've got Jericho Hill. We featured that before. That's a beautiful cigar. That's got a Mexican San Andrean wrapper. It's an, a tribute to Johnny Cash. But real quickly, I want to talk about La Coalition. It was a collaboration between you, John, and Willie Herrera of Drew Estate. Nice full-bodied cigar. Real quickly, give us the story on that. Uh, so met Willie, gosh, I've known Willie for quite some time. Um, Jonathan was always, Jonathan Drew was always trying to get Willie and I together to work on something. 
I mean, it's it's a, it's a long story to fit into a minute, but basically after a few years of trying to get this off the ground, that's what Willie and I decided to do is was became La Coalition. Um, the, 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 the motivation for the blend, as it were, was um, I remember Willie looking across the table at me saying in one of the meetings, do you like Fuente Añejos? And I'm like, yeah, I'm in. And so this is Willie's riff on a Fuente Añejo, broadly proper. Just an amazing cigar. We released that in 2019. It still continues to be uh, one of the nicest feathers in our hat. And it was a real pleasure to work with Willie and then the creative people at Drew Estate. Well, I'll tell you what, the all three selections in the February Officers Club selection, the Jericho Hill, the La Coalition, and the Mill DS, which I'm smoking now, are fantastic. Gentlemen, I appreciate you joining us. It's always great to converse with you, and I look forward to seeing you both in person, either in Nashville, in Tampa, or in Las Vegas very soon. It's been way too long. Or come out to the south of France at Via Nelcott. Uh we're going to summer there this year, so if you want to fly out. Perfect. Uh, hey, listen, you, I, if, as long as you got room for me on the yacht, that'll be fantastic. Oh, and uh, listen, no, no mask needed either. Plenty. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Love it. And there's plenty of beautiful, bodacious dames, topless, my kind of joint. Mike Condor, John Huber, you guys are the best. As always, we appreciate you joining us from Crown Heads. Cigar Dave the General saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Save America. Have a lovely weekend. Live it up. 